The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madea, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madeir, the founder of Holistic Plastic Surgery, and I am the purveyor of the definitive and most fabulous source of living a beautiful life. This week's episode is dedicated to recovery. And the name of our episode today is How to Nourish Your Creativity to Thrive in Times of Uncertainty. This is my interview on the Forever Fab podcast with the most fabulously creative Noxie Knox. So it has been several months. And as you and I discussed, Noxie, we remain in exceptional and precautionary times. And I think it's important to remain dedicated to wholeness as well as to remain vigilant in our efforts to remain resilient. So we must also continue to learn and to grow so that we can recover and heal and be fully prepared to the best of our ability for whatever this new normal will be. So this week's topic will explore how to nourish yourself with creativity and set yourself up for success. Noxie Knox is a commercial advertising photographer and founder and CEO of Knox Photographics, which is an abundantly successful six-figure business. She is also, quote, an expert in creative entrepreneurship. I love that, creative entrepreneurship, because not all entrepreneurship is creative, <laughs> but an expert in creative entrepreneurship and a business excellence guide. So she's the founder of Set for Success, and it's an online course that helps creative women to build and scale their businesses. I think that is supremely unique, and I, and I love the concept, which is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to speak with you today, Noxie. Noxie joins us today via StreamYard to discuss her process, her creativity, and her new venture, and maybe a few things beauty at the end, if we can get it in. Welcome, Noxie, and thank you for your time. So thank you shall so we much for having me. It's it's an honor to be here. <laughs> Let's dig right in because I'm anxious to get the answers to your questions. In your bio, you state that you are half Texan, half Cajun, and 100% inspiration. So I love that. Tell me about your, your history, um, how it is that where you're from and how you grew up helped you to create your life. 
Absolutely. I mean, I'm guilty on all charges, Texan, <laughs> Cajun, creative, you know. <laughs> um, I was born in a small town in Texas, raised in Houston, and then I moved to Austin about 20 years ago when I attended the University of Texas. But, you know, the, I think one of the interesting things about my history is that I'm the only creative in my family. You know, wow. every single other human in my family has very, like, mainstream, you know, quote unquote, normal businesses. And then here I come this strange little black sheep artist who just, you know, wants to paint and draw and was honestly just terrible at both of those things, <laughs> which is what led me ultimately to photography is because I needed a creative outlet. But, you know, the painting and the drawing, the standard ways weren't really doing it for me. But yeah, my family, you know, I love them. They're loud and boisterous and they always thought I was so strange and they still do. They're still like, what, what is your deal? But, but once I started, you know, getting successful and, you know, like landing huge clients that they knew and understood and it really sent, you know, sent it home when I had photos uh, featured in the Super Bowl commercial last year. That was a very proud moment for everyone. So, you know, yeah, I just always had this creative bug and I always was a fiercely independent little woman and just that kind of led me to starting my business and then always wanting to live life on my own terms and doing everything in my power to do just that. I, that, that what you just said about living life on your own terms and setting yourself to be fiercely independent, that resonates deeply uh, with me. So you pretty much got validation that your creative outlet and your creative business was doing well. So you got validation from your family, right? Because they initially thought, what is she doing in this field that no one else in the family is doing? But once you did land those big clients and names that they were super familiar with, including the Super Bowl, they thought, hmm, maybe she's onto something. But with regard to that validation, did you feel that you were waiting for it, waiting for that moment when your family, your, your friends, your loved ones would say to you, ah, Noxie, you really did it, you know, so congrats. Or were you just like, listen, if you're on the bandwagon, great. If not, I'm still doing what I'm doing. How is that process for you? I think they both go hand in hand. You know, I also wanted to be validated by, you know, because I was taking such a chance. Uh, such a leap into this. I went, you know, I I should rewind a little bit and say I I have two degrees uh, from the University of Texas at Austin, English Lit and Spanish Language Hispanic Studies because I wanted to study photography. But my parents, again, you know, they were kind enough to pay for my college, but they didn't support me pursuing photography. So they were just like, you can't make a living doing that. It's too hard. Do something that makes sense. And so in my devious little mind, I was like, yeah, I'm going to live off you guys for four years and then I'm going to go do what I want. (laughs) So so I did that, you know, and because of that, I'm completely self-taught. So there is a a lovely purity, you know, to my style and my technique that is is all my own. Um, But once I, you know, I, I really struggled at the beginning of my career. And I do think that, 
financial being validated financially eventually it was something I desperately needed because you know at one point for I was living in my car I was selling plasma for twenty dollars you know I mean it's a true rags to riches situation <laughs> where like I get it y'all if you are struggling and if you are really like tr grasping to hold on to your belief in yourself. You, you know, that's all you need to make it through those times and obviously to work hard and stay focused on your goals. But yeah, I needed, I needed some paychecks and I needed that validation myself. And I think the first thing for my, the first project that came through that really made my family, my mom in particular, um, was the first cookbook that I photographed about two years into my career, I photographed a cookbook that was published internationally. It was beautiful. You know, she could go to the Barnes and Noble and like show her friends in the Bunko Club what her daughter had been working on. And I'm telling you, she once she got on board with my career, she really supported the hell out of me. She bought about 200 of those books and just oh. gave them to everyone she that would take one. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean it's nice. It's nice when you see it click with your family and they they finally understand why you do what you do and they they get to see you be passionate about something. You know, yeah, I think that I think that's great. They don't need it, you know, they don't I can take it or leave it, but it is nice to be known in that way and respected in that way, especially coming from you know, other family members who are so successful in their own rights, you know, in real estate and pharmaceuticals and insurance and oil and gas like it's and then there's me yeah photography <laughs> and entrepreneurship <laughs> the jewel the jewel of the crown i would say yeah now, absolutely yes definitely the eccentric jewel <laughs> yeah <laughs> nothing wrong with that you know what they say about you know rough stones right sometimes they're the most beautiful because they're so multifaceted so let's speak about um, financial success and financial validation. Do you, you meet obviously a lot of other creatives and a lot of women who are creative entrepreneurs and we'll get to your online program later because I think it's, it's so key. But in terms of financial success and financial validation, do you find that many female entrepreneurs don't really place enough importance on that, meaning they'll think, oh, listen, I just want to, you know, be able to create beautiful photographs or, or paintings and, and just live my life in my, you know, nirvana, my artistic nirvana. And yeah, it's not really about the money. What do you have to say about that? Because I do think that even though it isn't primarily about the money, the money's important. <laughs> I mean, how how much of a nirvana can be living in the truck bed be, you know? I mean, the, the starving artist myth is a bill of goods that we were sold a long time ago that just does not work for me. You know, yeah. we, especially women in the creative field, I think it's difficult for all creatives to put a price tag on their art when their art becomes their business. That is a challenging thing to do. Um, and I, I do advice like on how to do that in set for success because you have to do industry research, you know, you have to figure out where you fall in all those price points, but um, you have to charge your work. Why on earth, you know, you wouldn't go to a restaurant and then it not expect to pay. Right. It's the same thing, but just on a grander scale, 
you know, you have to charge for your work and you probably need to be charging more than you already are, especially as women, you know, it's hard sometimes for women to assert themselves in that business way and to stand firmly by. And in an industry, you know, I'm speaking from the photography perspective, but there are people out there, one of the biggest killers are other photographers who are willing to do it for cheap or for free. Now, I always have the you get what you pay for argument on my side. <laughs> but, and that is very, very true. But um, same thing with a plastic surgeon. You know, you don't want the budget plastic surgeon. <laughs> sure. You want the good one. Because <laughs> that's a permanent commitment. But um, no, you, you get what you pay for in photography. And, and you have to stand by that. Otherwise, you'll never be able to make it. You will burn out fast. If you're constantly doing jobs for less than their value, yeah. you will burn out and give up on your dreams because you are not, you know, having firm boundaries and knowing your worth and standing in your worth long term. It just doesn't work. And and I again want to readdress that starving artist myth. Like, let go of that, you guys. Why on earth would you not want to be thriving? Why would you not want to have the financial freedom to only take the jobs that you feel passionately drawn towards? Yeah. And like, don't live in scarcity mindset anymore. Let's go after comfort, you know? And the more money you have, the more generous you can be with that. The more financially secure you can be in your future. You know, being a, an artist does not come with a 401k. Right. <laughs> That's all on you. You have to do that yourself. So let's go ahead and demand, you know, proper pay for our work and get ourselves in a comfortable, financially free position. Right. I think that message is relevant for women at every stage, whether they're single professionals, uh, whether they're, you know, in the starving artist mode or even if they're married, because I happen to believe that marriage is not a financial plan. And um, I think that. As individuals, we have to be responsible for ourselves so that we can be responsible in a relationship and help be responsible and helpful to others. So I'm going to corroborate exactly what you said about asking to be paid appropriately for your work. And it's fascinating to me that even though we are in different fields, I will ingratiate myself a little bit and say that um, I consider myself a bit of an artist. And it's fascinating to me how um, people will sometimes try to talk me down. And it just makes me think, well, well wait a minute. There's, there's a set fee and um, I, I don't barter. So I'm not really sure what you're asking me. So it's fascinating that it is, I'm sure across many industries. And I just wonder if this is something that many women, just as women experience. So you mentioned that you were self-taught. So who were your mentors, especially who were your mentors who helped you to start and run a business? Were you self-taught with that as well? Praise Jesus. No, I was not. At least, <laughs> you know, my mother was, was a, a businesswoman growing up and I watched her start a, you know, plant a seed of a business and grow that very successfully. So, you know, we were not wealthy growing up at all, but I watched my mother learn the ropes of a business. And then later on in life, when I 
decided that this is what I was going to do, I was able to ask her some questions about the actual business structure. But yes. when it comes to navigating the photography world, I had uh, another mentor named Ashley Garman, who another dear friend introduced me to. And, you know, this was on a rooftop bar about 15 years ago. He kind of just pulled us together and said, y'all need to know each other <laughs> and then walked away. Yeah. And, and pretty much from that point on, I was kind of like, all right, cheers. What's up? Let's do this. What are, what are we talking about? So she, she had probably 10 years of experience on me. And, you know, I went to work for her, asked her no less than 5 million questions about everything. You know, that saying, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. It's yeah. just, I would not have ever been able to get where I am today without the belief and assistance of other women in the industry who yeah. took a chance on me and really nurtured my talent. Cause I had all this raw talent that had to be kind of corralled and nurtured and molded and sculpted. And for someone like Ashley Garman to take the time to do that, that changed yeah. my life. And I just, I will forever love her and shout out Ashley Garman photographers. <laughs> shout out to Ashley. <laughs> I'm lucky also to have had um, mentors and I agree with you. Um, you. You were lucky that you had a friend say, Hey, y'all need to meet each other. You know, rooftop bar, it sounds like, you know, it was just perfect. I, I had to do a bit more work and actively seek mine and ask for help. But nonetheless, I'm, I'm very lucky that along uh, my journey that I've had a, a number of mentors who have just helped me in, in various aspects of my career, both men and women. So I, I, I applaud you and congratulate you for having found those, including your mother who actually served as, served as a mentor. Now I'm also in alignment. Yeah, well, you know how, you know how mothers are, Oh, pardon me. No, uh, you know how mothers are. They're just kind of your lifelong mentor. You just, you, you never get rid of them. They're there forever. Whether, whether you want that advice or not, it's coming. <laughs> Maybe that's just a Southern thing, but that's how mothers no, I are. Think, I think it's a mother thing. So, Noxie, I'm in alignment with you on the statement that you made on one of your sites, which is that you believe, and I'll, I'll quote you, you believe that, quote, a beautiful image is neither created, crafted, nor born. Rather, an alluring image is something that is captured, end quote. I believe the same about beauty, and I know you help to capture beauty. Um, so in my practice as a, a plastic surgeon, I feel that it's essential to help enhance or bring out the beauty within sort of to, to help um, optimize what is oftentimes already there. So how do you find beauty across the variety of all of your subjects, whether you're photographing fruit uh, clothing or people? There is so much inherent beauty in the world that already exists. And that's really what drew me in to photography in the first place, you know, was just experiencing life the way I do and being a young child and being fascinated by the way water flowed down that Creek or the way, you know, the, the, frost on the ground happened in the morning or the way flower petals looked when they were falling through the air. You know, I just was always captivated by nature's beauty. And then when I got deeper into photography and it became my job, um, I actually did a lot of food and beverage photography uh, at the beginning. And I still do. I still love it. Um, but it's so funny. 
a lot of other photographers are generally, uh, you know, overwhelmed and intimidated by food photography, but I'm just so at home with it because I think it's so beautiful food, you know, nature's bounty is so beautiful as it is. It's really just like you said, my job to enhance that beauty and to cast the bright light on it to where it really sings in, in, in itself. So, you know, on my shoots, we shoot everything as fresh as possible. You know, my crew gets to eat everything after we're done. <laughs> we're not doing the Crisco ice cream. We're not doing hairspray on, you know, we're actually, it is the freshest, most beautiful ingredients we can find. And we are just showcasing them in the most beautiful light. And, uh, you know, that, that saying God is in the details. That's always how I have felt about those still small moments. Yeah. I mean, look at Renaissance paintings of just a bowl of fruit that is so seductive and beautiful and like this precious moment that was captured that we all can relate to, you know, in, in that painting. Um, there's a reason that the, some of the best painters in the world would just paint fruit, <laughs> you know, food and wine. And, and don't get me started on women's bodies. That is just the, the pinnacle of creation. And you're so lucky that you get to work with, I'm, you know, both men and women, of course, but um, there it's, there are a lot of parallels actually between what we do and drawing out the, the beauty that's like already in both of our subjects. So I kind of love that you, mention that <laughs> well congratulations because your photographs are beautiful and I know a lot of people use the word beauty and beautiful but for me to say the word beautiful it is deep it's it's profound it is um it's core it's visceral so your photographs are beautiful they, they almost evoke emotion even if I'm looking at a still life right like a, a photo of an orange on a table or you know vegetables whatever the case may be um, they really do help to evoke something so congratulations that's not easy to do I imagine thank you so much and it's it's my pleasure to do so you know I always especially when shooting the cookbooks or it's all storytelling you know and I want people to be able I always tell people if you're gonna look at my website just make sure you've had a snack you know because <laughs> you'll be starving by the time you're done <laughs> but I want people to feel like they can put themselves in that moment. Like they can smell those cinnamon rolls. And it's just, I want to bring it to life as much as possible, just from a blank page to them, to their eyes. And it's, it's my pleasure to do that. It's just such a beautiful uh, art form that I'm, I am delighted has found me. And I love it. I love the minuscule details of moving the glass just so, you know, two centimeters to the right, it's a whole different photo. So <laughs> I really enjoy that stuff. <laughs> well, it shows and mission accomplished. And speaking of your website, Knox Photographics is wildly, you know, successful. You mentioned that your family, you know, had an aha moment when you got these clients, these big name clients. And may I mention some of them, Amazon, Whole Foods, Hilton Hotels, Fiji Water, Weight Watchers, Nike, Shake Shack, Tito's Vodka, and PBS, and, that, and that's just a short list. When did you realize that you made it, in quotes, made it? 
You know, the, one of the blessings and the curses about me is that I don't think I'll ever think I've made it, you know, it's success is such a moving target for me because once I achieve a goal, I readjust Mm -hmm. my setting and I'm ready for the next thing. And one thing I, I, you know, moment of vulnerability do need to work on is enjoying the mission accomplished a little longer. <laughs> I could benefit from that, you know, enjoying the spoils of, of my hard work, but yes. I'm always striving for better. I'm always in just on a personal note, as well as business, you know, I'm constantly trying to improve myself. Personal growth is really important to me. Mental health is really important to me. And it's just a very, my, my life, my personal life and my business, I approach in the same way is that we will always be growing and transforming and, you know, figuring out new ways to thrive and new ways to express ourselves and new ways to succeed. And I appreciate that people think I have made it, but I probably will never share that sentiment because I'll always be, and I'm not saying it's an eternal, it's definitely not a greed thing. You know, it's really just, I want to continue. I want to see how good I can be. I want to see how good I can get, you know, what's the best work I can possibly do. Cause I'm telling you every project I do, I get more proud of the output, you know, and I can't help but think 10 years from now, wow, what are we going to be doing then? You know, we're moving into video actually um, with Knox photographics and that's a really, you know, going from stills to motion, we'll always do stills work, but doing video stop motion and cinemagraphs um, is a really fun and just totally different dimension of photography. And it's nice to know that as my industry advances, like so will my skills and so will my talents and abilities. So yeah, the, unfortunately it's a, it's definitely a moving target, but (laughs) I'm, I'm thrilled and delighted to be able to continue shooting those arrows. Well, that's very exciting. I mean, right? So max it out, reset and see see what you're capable of next. And part of your reset includes set for success. So as your success continues to rise with Knox Photographics and change, right? And now including, you know, cinematography and videography, why did you decide to create a second business, the set for success? And was there another aha moment you had where you thought you needed or wanted to do something different? Or was this part of your, okay, I've done this and I want to be able to share. Tell me about that, your thought process. Yes. So last year, you know, 2020 was a a very strange year for all of us. And Mm -hmm. I I started calling it the great pause (laughs) because I really did feel like the universe was just pushing pause on all of our lives. And, you know, the, my, my industry took a huge hit last year because especially the kinds of productions that I work on are, are pretty big. So, you know, we have anywhere from like five to 15 people on set at any given time. And a lot of companies were just very hesitant to do anything at all uh, because of COVID precautions and, you know, making sure that everyone was staying safe. So um, while we were all in, in quarantine and shutdown, I, again, you know, I'm a shark. I can't stop swimming. 
<laughs> I had to do something. I had to have a creative outlet. And in my career, uh, you know, because I am so grateful for the mentorship I was lucky enough to have, I have also in turn mentored other creatives coming up in the business. And I wanted to put together something that could have a more broad reach to people and actually get as much empowerment out into the world as possible. So I, you know, undertook the endeavor of putting together set for success and in, in the hopes that I can empower, you know, female identifying creatives to start their own business and get to live the kind of life that I have been able to live of, of freedom. You know, I don't have to clock in to a nine to five every day. Like I get to choose when I work and girl, sometimes it's seven days a week, you know, <laughs> sometimes I choose that, but I also can choose to work from Colorado if I want and go be with my family on a nephew's birthday if I want, you know, and it's just, I'm so grateful for the lifestyle that I have been able to achieve through my career. And I wanted to put this out there for others who potentially took the time in 2020 to reconsider their career and reevaluate what they want their life to be like. A lot of people, you know, had those aha moments where they decided they didn't want to be chained to that desk anymore in the corporate office working for a boss that didn't appreciate them. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to put this thing out there that if anybody was ready for it, <laughs> it is available. So that's really what drove it was just wanting to put something good out into the world. And even as I continue to market the product, um, I'm doing tons of social media content that is just it is positivity. It is empowering. It is good words going out into the into a very chaotic universe that I think yeah. could use a little light right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that word freedom is, I think, very powerful, and it is one of the um, concepts that also drives me. So, thank you for mentioning that word because I, I think it's it's really potent. And you. You also stated that your road to success was filled with hurdles and pitfalls that you weren't exactly prepared for, which I anticipate is part of every entrepreneur's um, road to success. But can you describe um, the most significant obstacle that you had and, and how did you overcome it? I think the blanket obstacle would have to be being unprepared to deal with clients in a negotiation and contractual way. So, you know, at the beginning of my career, I I did a lot of handshake jobs where I would just say like, Oh yeah, we'll do it for that. And I don't want to be too pushy. So we won't put anything in writing. And I just set myself up for total failure (laughs) in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And, you know, better than I do that when you don't have your proper safeguards in place that they can just run all over you if they want, you know, a client, certainly I've had many experiences in that regard. One of which, um, you know, this was working with a friend, quote unquote friend. And, you know, I did a bunch of beautiful photography for his, his business. And, um, he owed me about $4,000. And to me, back at this stage in my career, that was a million dollars. So yeah. I was really counting on that money. And um, 
I was, his business manager was a little bit of a liaison between us and he just kept stirring the pot and, and I think twisting both of our words to each other to where it, it, you know, kind of went into a little bit of a legal situation. Um, and later I found out that that business manager, the reason I wasn't getting paid was because he had embezzled $30,000 from the company. Yeah. And he probably, he probably stole the money I was supposed to get paid. Who knows? But because I didn't say you need to get out of the way, I'm going straight to the boss to, to discuss this. And also because I didn't have a contract, I just had to eat that four grand. And, you know, I've heard, I've heard someone describe it as a dummy tax (laughs) where you learn the lesson the hard way, but you sure don't learn it again because you, you yeah. don't need to. <laughs> That's true. Um, so yeah, that was a that was definitely a big one. And things always come up in, in your career, especially the more you evolve, where you're like, oh, need to put that in the contract or oh, need to anticipate that coming down the pipeline. But um, getting all the legal stuff together. And again, you know, artists, wow, we don't think that way. <laughs> we don't think yeah. that way at all. We, it's like you said earlier, where we just want to create and burn incense and nirvana and, you know, peace and love. But, and I still burn a lot of incense, but yeah, too. but um, I actually did a Palo Santo, like all around this area, a Palo Santo burning before we talked. But um, oh, good. no, you have to, in order to truly thrive and succeed in any creative industry, you have to have all your ducks in a row in the business sense. So gosh, the, that's what, that's why I ended up making set for success. It's literally everything I wish I would have known when I started 14 years ago and just walked into every closed door and fell in every hole and made every mistake humanly possible. (laughs) So I've been there, done that for sure. But what valuable lessons those were, you know, I have, I have the deep seated belief that you actually learn more from failure than you do from success, because those are your learning opportunities to make changes and do better next time. I have a uh, friend, I experienced something uh, recently where I had to eat um, about $10,000. And um, whether it's back then or now, it's still a lot of money. And um, I was telling a friend about it, and this was certainly you know, one of those business things that I, I just wasn't prepared for. And she said to me, well, you pay for your education. And you know, it's sort of like a double on you. You pay, yes, indeed, to be educated, but then you don't intentionally pay, you know, to be educated. It just happens that you pay a price. So yes, along those lines, it's important to educate yourself as in a controlled and intentional manner as best as possible. So that brings us to set for success. Describe the program, describe it in a bit more detail. How are you serving women in creative fields? And what may a participant, which I may be one of these days, (laughs) expect to derive from this online program that you've created? Yes, I would love to have you. There's always space available for Dr. Shirley. Um, (laughs) So Set for Success is my online uh, video course for female identifying creatives that want to launch and scale a business in a way that protects both them and their work. So it is, there are eight video modules. So when someone buys the course, they have lifetime access 
to eight video modules that walk them through the business creation process. So, you know, if you're going to the SBA website, small business website, you know, and looking for case studies about opening a photography business or an illustration business or a graphic design business, you will not find it. Or a podcast there business. There is not the blue or a podcast. I'm like, and hello, they really need to get on that because that is a huge industry. <laughs> but, but it just doesn't exist. You know, they're like, if you want to be a dry cleaner or a florist or a, open a brick and mortar, we got you all day. But for us, it, it's really not only do you have to do so much research, you don't even know what to research. So I really boiled it down into the most important things that people would need to know to start any kind of creative business. So I took it a step further, drawing not only from my 14 years of experience, but I interview leading industry experts about in different fields. Um, I interview a lawyer, an accountant, an insurance agent, a marketing expert. And then for the networking module, I interview an emotional intelligence expert, which is fascinating. Um, <laughs> Networking is huge in any creative industry and, and you want to do it in a, a way that you remember that we are all human beings and we're just connecting on a soul level um, instead of that typical, hey, what do you do? Gross, like first question out of your mouth. Like, I hate, I can't stand that. But anyway, so yeah, lifetime access to all of these video modules. I even have a bonus video where I talk about um, continuing to feed your mind positive reinforcement and business acumen and there's a reading list there is a very high energy fun motivational spotify playlist <laughs> there is a, a bunch of podcasts that people can listen to because we're always growing and like you were saying you know price of education we're we are lifetime students if we're doing it right so um there's always new fun techniques that are coming up but um, I just wanted this program to be as holistic and fulfilling as humanly possible. Yes, people will have to fill in some blanks in their particular industries, but literally I give them everything I could possibly think of. Um, and the little homework underneath, you know, each module has the video and then there's homework underneath with links that take you directly to the website to get your LLC directly to, you know, figure out what kind of insurance you need to get. So people don't have, I take all of the guesswork out of it essentially. Um, and it's such an underserved community that this really doesn't exist. You know, I did a lot of, of uh, competitor research when I was putting this together and yeah, you've got your, you've got your Tony Robbins, you've got your Jenna Kutcher's out there who are brilliant minds when it comes to, nurturing a business that already exists, but there's nothing between zero and getting to, to them. So I'm trying to fill in that blank. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds very comprehensive and thorough and something that has been Absolutely. missing because I know when I started my practice, I had no idea what I was doing. And I obviously learned through experience, but I still feel as if I don't obviously know everything about it. I even contemplated going to business school at one point thinking, okay, I so need this business acumen and information and I wasn't getting it. Um, 
in a comprehensive way. So boy, had you been around <laughs> after I graduated medical school, I would have been right on it. But it's never too late. It's never too late to learn. So congratulations on, again, being of service, right, to, to people through Set for Success. You also are of service through Set for Success by donating a portion of that fee to the Jeremiah program. And that's a charitable organization dedicated to ending the cycle of poverty. And maybe this goes, you know, back to, you know, financial freedom and independence. So tell me about that organization and why you chose it and why it's particularly relevant for you. Yes, absolutely. I could not be more passionate about women achieving their financial freedom, especially single mothers. So Jeremiah program works uh, with single mothers and they say that their goal is to end the cycle of poverty two generations at a time, which is a beautiful approach. You know, a lot of people or a lot of foundations, they go for, for one, put the bandaid on one you know, issue and then all everything around it is still crumbling. So Jeremiah program, they help single mothers get affordable housing. They help them finish their education and wow. get employment afterwards. And all the while they're helping these children, you know, these, the children of the single mothers also get educated. So, I mean, it's just double empowering. And these kids get to watch their moms, you know, finish degrees, finish high school, get jobs, work hard and uh, earn their own money. You know, when a woman earns her own money, she does have that freedom that we were talking about earlier. She doesn't have to stay in an abusive relationship that no longer serves her because she actually has the power and ability to, you know, fly the coop and go out on her own in a right. safe way for herself and her children. And right. Jeremiah program is incredible. They're actually about three miles from here. So, <laughs> so I, I love getting to donate to them. Um, and I suggest if anybody ever wants to donate to them, just go, go straight for it. Um, but yeah, a percentage of our proceeds go uh, to benefit the Jeremiah program. And ultimately I do have a goal of um, if there are any entrepreneurial minded women who do need that the time freedom to be able to take care of their children, but also have a talent and ability. I want to be able to um, lead some group coaching sessions for them because I do offer coaching uh, through Set for Success. And that's yes. typically for people who are ready to go and have their idea and just need a little more accountability and assistance mm -hmm. um, and just encouragement throughout the process. Cause starting a business is hard. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's hard, <laughs> but yes. you can do it. And I'm happy to offer a little extra, you know, assistance to those who, who need it. But I would like for Jeremiah program to be able to do a group coaching six week yeah. intensive to help these women like really get their businesses off the ground and for i would like to find sponsorships for them to be able to have at least a year's worth of their business startup costs covered um wow. so that they can really get their sea legs and then take over from there so that's a dream that's a goal of mine i'm glad you put it out there you've just listened to part one of forever fab podcast please stay tuned for part two coming up next